time travel, aliens, war. Chris Pratt is humanity's last chance at redemption in the Tomorrow War. J.K. Simmons is Bay. All this and more coming up on this episode of Friday Flicks here at the Southern Spectre Podcast. Okay, none of you are my child. Has anyone seen Muri? We are fighting a war 30 years in the future. Is this a joke? Our enemy is not human. We need you to fight. I got drafted. I will be back. Why is this happening? What about the teacher's deferment and the veteran's deferment? If I don't go, they're going to draft you in my place. But if something does happen to me, you and Mary will be taken care of. If something happens to you, Dan, 70% of draftees do not return. Sometimes a man does what's best for his family, not himself. Move your shirt, please. Wait, what's this for? It's just a test. Oh, a seatbelt. Is it a driving test? No, you don't have jokes in the future? This device facilitates your jump to and from the future war. One minute to jump. Oh, here, buddy. Take that. You just flip it around like that. How are you so calm? Long story. Yeah, ex-military? Yeah. Kind of a short story, I guess. Three, two, one. In 11 months' time, all human beings in the future will be wiped from the face of the Earth. Unless you help us. I was trying to save my daughter. If I got to save the world to save her, then I'm gonna do it. This is the end. The human species will disappear from the face of the Earth. We are literally living on borrowed time. There's still a chance that we can stop this war from ever happening. So we gotta fight. Well, it was nice knowing you. Welcome, everyone, to the Southern Spectre Podcast, and welcome to another episode of Friday Flicks. On today's episode, we'll be discussing The Tomorrow War, now streaming on Amazon Prime. The Tomorrow War stars Chris Pratt, Betty Gilpin, and J.K. Simmons, along with a host of other talent. As of right now, uh, The Tomorrow War sits at 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 45% Metacritic. But you know what I think about those numbers? I don't care about them. Just letting you guys know about them. 
It was uh, first released in uh, July 21st of this year in Indonesia, but of course it just premiered uh, July 2nd, which would have been yesterday uh, at the time of this recording. So I just watched it last night with the wife. Uh, it's directed by Chris McKay and has about a 2 hour and 15 minute runtime. Forget about those numbers, okay? Because I'm here to tell you, I had a blast watching this, okay? This was a, I mean, this was a roller coaster of a movie. Uh, it has uh, heart and emotion and action. I mean, a lot of action, all the action you want. I think it has a very original storyline, although I think it incorporates a lot of things from other movies that we have seen before, but it just piles everything into one movie. And it's a lot going on. It really is. But I really enjoyed this movie. So that is my initial reaction right out the gate. Once again, I really enjoyed this movie. Not a whole lot to complain about. So let's give it a rundown. Chris Pratt plays Dan Forrester. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. So Dan is, he has a degree in science, I guess. You know, he's a scientist, uh, you know, he's educated in the art of Scientology. <laughs> he's a scientist, okay? But he's he has a job as a science high school teacher, okay? But he's very smart, he's very brilliant, and we can see that, and it kind of portrays that at the beginning of the movie with uh, him and the interaction with his daughter. He's teaching his daughter a lot about science. He's always quizzing her and asking her things, you know, uh, things of that nature, you know, so he's always on the top of his game. So the movie opens uh, Christmas 20, 2022 and we see Chris and his friends and his family and they're all sitting around in their home and he's of course on this job interview phone call at this day and he's really wanting to get this job. So he's on a phone interview. Everything's going pretty well and then of course at the end of things you see that he does not get the job. He's pretty pissed off and we see that but we see that him and his daughter have a very close bond with each other and everybody's over at their house and they're watching a soccer game one of the players takes off he's gonna run he's heading toward the goal in the middle of the field this bright blue light explosion smoke and all this other stuff we see it unfold it's like the world's watching it almost I guess because that would be probably the most watched sporting event of that day and we see that these are soldiers and they had they come in they announce themselves they say they are from the future they just pretty much appear out of nowhere on the field and they're telling the world because like i said this is a live televised event and so the whole game stops and they tell everybody that they're from i think it was uh, 28 years into the future and what's what's happening is that in the future that humanity is on its last leg and that to help save humanity in the future people and soldiers of the future have traveled to the past to recruit to, to recruit uh, people and soldiers from the past to help win the war in the future hope that makes sense so we see all this unfold and immediately uh, people are starting to be drafted, uh, and it's it's kind of a sad, it, it kind of gave me that, you know, when COVID first broke out, it kind of gave me that vibe of, you know, something hap something is happening globally and nobody can control it type feel to it. And 
we kind of see that play out because what we come to understand is that these people who are being deployed they're only going for seven days and we find that out later on but we only they're only going for seven days and that is considered a tour of duty and the reason is is because it's that deep in the shit in the future okay an alien race has come down and is trying to take over earth so to speak we don't know why they're there to begin with initially we don't know what they want but we do know that these are deadly lethal creatures and they're what are they called i'm trying to think they call them like white stripes <laughs> white stripes white strikes um something like that the white stripes i don't know it sounded weird to me to begin with but anyway it's an alien race okay and these these bitches are bad okay uh and they they have they're they're nasty looking i'll put it that way so like i said they're people from the future have come traveled back to the past to recruit people to win the war in the future there you go and so we follow the story of chris pratt and uh, he's trying to hold off on, you know, being drafted. He's not volunteering, volunteering himself, but he does have prior military experience. And so that, that is, you know, to be noted. He does, ha his father is still alive and we see that, but it's come to our attention that they do not have the best of relationships. He blames his father because he, his father walked out on him and his mother when he was quite young and left them both there to defend themselves. But we kind of see why later on. One day, he gets a phone call or an alert on his phone. And of course, he is supposed to report to a specific building on a certain day. And so he goes and he thinks this is just going to be, oh, they're just gonna call me and ask me some questions. You know, they're just probably wanting to know if I'll be a good fit for the war or not to be drafted. They don't ask, they just do. Okay, and we see that he has no choice in the matter. And what is weird is that they don't ask these people. They just tell them they're going. And then after that, they have 24 hours to get their priorities in order, say goodbye to their families, and then they're off to training camp, what little bit of training camp there is. And then they have to do a, a seven day tour of duty in the future. The way it works and the way it's explained in the movie, and I'm going to go ahead and explain it now, is that there is a machine and it's known as a time jump. And it's built on this rig, and I'm assuming it used to be a an oil rig, and it's built out in the water, which makes it difficult for the aliens to get to. So the only way that they can jump is between it's basically you get on the oil oil rig and it jumps you time jumps you from one time <laughs> one one point in time to another but you're still on the oil rig if that makes sense and the way it's explained the guy tells them that imagine two rafts in a river and they're both flowing down the river at the same speeds. So they're never moving in position. One's never you know, catching up with the other one. The other one's never slowing down with the other and so on and so forth. So they maintain their positions and the distance apart. 
but you jump back and forth. You can jump back and forth between those two points, which is in reality is the same point. It's just a different time, but you can't go back any further. You can't go forward any further is the way it's explained. So I hope that kind of clears that up on the way the time travel is working in this film. So as soon as Chris Pratt's character is told that he is going to be serving his time in the future war, it's at this point that he comes home, he tells his wife what's going on. She of, of course is completely against him going because the stats that she gives is that she, I think 70% veterans, I guess they would be considered veterans at that point, those people that have fought in the war, those that come back, 70% uh, of them do not return. Uh, she is a bit of a therapist or support group for these soldiers. And we kind of get a glimpse at that. She's sitting around a circle and there's people, soldiers who have went and fought this war and they're talking to her and so on and so forth. Or There's not a whole lot of talking going on because a lot of these soldiers have seen some really nasty stuff and they really don't want to talk about it, to be honest with you. And once you see what, what happens later on in the film, you know, you, you can understand why they would not want to talk about it. You see a lot of these soldiers uh, as well, they, they, they are missing limbs and fingers and appendages and things of that nature. And it's, it's not good. They have artificial limbs and, you know, they had to have, you know, leg replacements. They've lost their legs. They've lost their arms and stuff. And it's, it's not a good situation. So his wife has seen some stuff from these soldiers that have already returned from the war. And of course, she's afraid for her husband she tries to convince him to let let's let's let them run away and of course if he does they're gonna he's gonna face imprisonment if he's caught she wants to run away she kind of convinces him that hey you need to dodge this do it for if you're not gonna do it for me do it for your daughter whose name is Miri and so his wife actually convinces him to go see his father because if anybody can help him in this situation, it should be his father because of his background. He's he's kind of no good. He does a lot of underground type shady stuff. It's at this point we get our first look at J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is freaking ripped, y'all. I don't even know how old this guy is. You know what? Let's look it up. Okay, Google. How old is J.K. Simmons? 66 years old. Holy crap. This dude is 66 years old and he's freaking ripped, man. I'm telling you. J.K. Simmons is officially Bay. Wow. I mean, this dude, he's freaking ripped. But anyway, he, he plays his, he plays uh, Chris Pratt's father in here. And so he goes to where his dad is, which is like a, it's like an airport hangar where he goes. And one thing I forgot to mention is that when the government called him in and told him he was going to serve, they fitted his arm with this metal band. Okay, and it has infused itself into its into his nerves and into his body, which is what it's supposed to do. Now, what that is, it's kind of like his time travel bracelet, so to speak. This band will actually allow him to jump. All the soldiers are fitted with it. And so once they arrive to the departure location, they jump and then they arrive in the future. And after their seven days, it will as long as as long because it actually detects their heartbeat 
So as long as he's still alive, it will pull him back to the past, which is exactly what it's supposed to do. Now, so when he goes to his father and tells him, you know, hey, this is what I need. I figured you could kind of help me out. And of course they have this whole discussion. They have this whole discussion about why he left, you know, his mom and him years ago. And he basically says, you know, he came when he came back from Vietnam, he was a completely different person. He found himself in a very dark place and he said it would have been a lot worse if I had stayed. So in actuality, I did you guys a favor. You know, now of course one could chalk that up as being an excuse. That's just an excuse for you to leave, you know. And I can understand that. But anyway, both it's a story that's on both sides, and both stories have a both sides have a story to tell. J.K. Simmons, his father, is going to actually remove this band from his wrist. And he comes to find out, he tells him, you know, this is you know, this easy job for me. Long story short, J.K. Simmons ends up pissing off his kid, Chris Pratt, and they he he refuses to have it taken off. So he goes back home to his wife. He tells him, you know, look, I, I can't do this. This is what I'm gonna do. I've gotta do it. Let me go serve. I'll be back, I promise. So then he gets, you know, he's got 24 hours and within 24 hours he tells his kid and of course she's heartbroken as any child would be knowing that their father's about to go to war. He goes, he has to leave, he leaves and he reports to wherever it is he's supposed to report to. It's here that we are introduced to some of his fellow soldiers and those that he'll be serving with. One of those uh, soldiers is goes by the name of Gator, who's played by Sam Richardson. He actually, I've seen him in other movies. Uh, I think he's in that new movie coming out, The Werewolves Within. I think that's what it's called. But anyway, he also played in Mike and Dave uh, Need Wedding Dates, which is a great and hilarious movie if you've never seen it. <laughs> but anyway, he plays uh, the groom that Mike and Dave's sister is actually going to be marrying. And then we get introduced to Dorian, who is played by Edwin Hodge. And of course, there's a few others, uh, but not so significant, so I'm not going to include them. But we get to see these people and Chris Pratt interacting with them. They're, they're supposed to be going through some training. They kind of fill them in on a little bit of stuff. And actuality, the movie gives them just enough what they need to know to survive at this point. And then one night they're sitting around talking. All of a sudden these alarms start going off. And they ask him, he's like, wait a minute, we're not supposed to deploy for another seven days. So I guess they were supposed to be gone from their families for like a total of two weeks. But he tells him, he says, you know, no, in the future, one of their labs is under attack and they need backup. So they send these fresh troops into battle. Now, the way this works is they all get in this square room. Like They all look like they're about to go play laser tag, okay, is the way it looks to me. They all get outfitted with certain things, with what they need, the armor and the, the, the whole get up, and the, the, the outfit and all this other stuff. So anyway, they all crowd up in this room and the next thing you know, it's like a giant vacuum being, you know, they're sucking them up. And it's almost like they go digital almost and it's like anyway they time travel okay <laughs> so once they've time traveled they're they are supposed to actually uh land on the other end which would be the same place where they took off which is supposed to be the rig at the time jump however something goes wrong along the way and they don't they don't transport all the way they actually 
end up falling on top of what appears to be like a hotel roof because it has a pool on top and a majority of these people that they just sent because it's such a small platform on the top of this hotel roof some of them fall off some of them hit the edges i mean it's a bad situation all the way around luckily those that survive have landed in the pool on top of the hotel roof they make their way off of the roof and down into the street below it's at this point that chris pratt chris pratt chris pratt's character uh has he's kind of given he's kind of being put in charge by this colonel who he's talking with over the radio and we see her um, at a different location and of course she's telling him what you have to do i need you to head over there to the lab okay i have no she has no information on the team that she just sent in there. I need you to find my team and I need you to head over there. There's some things I need you to get, but you have to hurry because we're going to send in some pilots here before long and they're going to bomb the city. That's, that's what's going on. So these newbies that just got there, that just teleported or time traveled there to the future, you know, they're taking all this stuff in. And I'm pretty sure it'd probably be a good jolt to the senses because the colonel can tell that chris pratt has prior military training she tells him i need you i need you on this i need you to lead these people in there and take care of it so that's exactly what ends up happening and so he leads the team inside the building and it's it's a bloodbath chris pratt and his team go up into the lab they look for the team that they sent in and of course they just they come across what looks like this these bodies that are in encased in some kind of like black goo almost i guess you could say and they're all hanging from upside down in a portion of the lab there and he you know he radios the colonel and say hey colonel i think i found your team there's nobody still alive she tells him i need you to find these 12 vials they're somewhere in the lab i need you to get them and i need you to get the hell out of there because you gotta hurry because we're gonna send in these these jets very very soon to start dropping bombs and you don't want to be nowhere near that he finds the vials and they start making their way their way out now before they went in he left two soldiers on the ground to keep an eye out on the street of any monsters or aliens that might be coming their way because at this point they haven't encountered anything yet and of course they see movement down the street and this is where we get our first glimpse of the aliens they are white they have these i think about four it's either two or four like tentacles that come off like off of their back almost like extra you know arms or whatever but they shoot like these spikes you know you know you don't want to be around that <laughs> these things are nasty looking they have these razor, razor sharp teeth they don't have any nose they have dark eyes and they they run they run fast they shoot these spikes out of the end of their freaking tentacles they they're badass and not to mention the backs their backs are completely freaking like it's like i don't know what it's like it's like a freaking tank okay you can't penetrate their backs so it makes them very very hard to kill uh which is why in training they told them aim for the abdomen the stomach or the you know the throat because those are the only two penetrable places on this creature they make it very very hard to kill they just won't die 
So once they see that, there's a couple of them that actually make their way into the building and start attacking Chris Pratt's team. They fight them off. They get down into this stairwell. They're heading their way down, you know. They, they get into this stairwell and they're making their way down. And it's at this point, you know, Chris Pratt can hear something, but he's not quite sure what it is. And I told the wife when we were watching, I said, it sounds like something breathing. And of course, when they look up, they see that there's a whole slew of them that have kind of made a nest at the top of this stairwell. And so we see them attack Chris Pratt's team. And not a whole lot of people survive. And we come to find out that Dorian, one of the soldiers on Chris Pratt's team, this is actually his third tour of duty. But you don't know why. You know, you don't know what's going on with him just yet. But you come to find out that he tells them, don't, the one thing, if you, if you want to survive, don't stop to help your buddy. Don't do it because it's only going to end in tragedy. And we see that play out right here in the first portion of this because there are a lot of people falling and, and being hurt people who don't move as well as chris pratt and the others do and that's exactly what happens you know he stops and you know some other people end up getting killed because of it and so then we see that come into play right there so eventually they make it to the extraction extraction point where they need to be and they're taken out of there when they wake up Chris Pratt, Dorian, and uh, Gator are the only three still alive. Now, Chris Pratt is kind of taking Gator under his wing because it's been so long since he's actually done any of this, and he's he's you know he's a little rusty. I don't even know if he's actually even served. I actually don't recall that. I know he works in a scientific lab, but uh, you know. He handed him a gun. They handed him a gun and uh, it just didn't go too well. He was very scared, very nervous, and didn't really know what to do. And kind of Chris Pratt's character kind of watches out for him. But I believe it's at this point, I could be wrong, it could be at another time, but I think it's at this point where Dorian reveals to Chris Pratt that this is why I'm fighting. And the reason behind that is he said, I got diagnosed with cancer. So Dorian has been diagnosed with cancer and he only has so long to live and he doesn't want he said he said he wanted to make sure he dies his way not by the cancer and speaking of which there's a part i kind of overlooked from earlier but when chris pratt was when he got the call for the government from the government to hey you need to show up here and that's when they he went and got his armband his arm bracelet put on when that happened they told him now why they told him I don't really know but they told him that he was going to die seven years from then he would he would die seven years from then and what you know you're wondering why did they tell him but it you know it kind of comes it kind of comes back up and I, I have my own thoughts about that too but I'll get into that a little bit later on when it's when it's time to so he gets he gets at this place where they're at this military base and uh, he, he's been told that Dorian and Gator, they've been told they have to redeploy. So they're going back out and fight again. Chris Pratt's character is told that the colonel wants to see him. Now this is the same colonel that he was on the, uh, on the radio with at the beginning when they first arrived there. So she comes in, she gets to talking and tells him, you know, thank you, I appreciate it, da-da-da-da-da, you did a hell of a job out there, soldier, yada-yada-yada. 
and slowly but surely it the the whole conversation kind of leans in a different direction and immediately while we were watching it last night i looked at the wife i said that's his daughter and she says no it's not it's, yes it is it's about to reveal it right now and sure enough two seconds later yep you come to find out that this is his daughter in the future she may be anywhere between i say 35 40 years old if i had to guess that's me guessing and so she's the one she is remember i told you earlier that he was always schooling her he was always educating her because he himself is a scientist and he was always making sure that her brain was sharp well she followed in his footsteps almost and and you know took that route and she she took in a lot of education and now she's fighting in this war to try and help save humanity and because they're so hard to kill she's been trying to come up with a solution for that and uh, i can't remember what it is but or what they call it exactly how it's referred to but it's kind of like a an actual formula like something biological that they can inject into these creatures to kill them off you know some kind of uh bug spray <laughs> it's not an actual spray but anyway we see that and she she says i need you working with me okay and shortly thereafter they go to deploy and she you can tell there's a little hesitation between him and her especially on her end he's very happy to see her of course because it's a little bit of a culture culture shock for him because the last time he saw his daughter she wasn't but nine years old but it's a little bit different for her because the last time she saw him he was dead in the hospital and we get to that later on but she, he's at, he's got a lot of questions about the future you know things that have happened between this point and earlier on since he left and da 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 and of course she wants to answer but you can tell she's very hesitant about it because for her this is like looking at a ghost it's hard to believe it's hard for her to to believe that this is her father you know and so i can see how that that that's playing a role for her right now they they have eventually they have very good chemistry but it's like i said it, it walks that fine line between you know i love you i want to wrap my arms around you because you're my dad but also on the same hand there's things that you don't know about yet that i hate you for right now okay <laughs> if that makes sense so we see that she takes him to uh they all board on this this helicopter and she takes him to this place where they are trying to attack uh trying to obtain the queen uh and the queen she's bad she is bad she's uh almost doubled in size than most of the regular ones and she's a lot tougher a lot meaner and she's a hell of a fighter and we see that here in this scene this was one of my favorite scenes in the movie where they are actually trying to get her and put her in the cage because once they have her dna uh so to speak her biological information they can start working on the solution they need to try and kill these creatures off and so they eventually get it in there and it I mean it's pretty it's pretty badass it really is because like i said these things looks like look like vampires on four with four legs you you were already holding your breath as in most cases with hero and war type movies 
you know that Chris Pratt has a daughter and a wife back home back in 2022. Now that they're there in the future, it's like instead of having one character that you really hope doesn't die, now you have two. And you're kind of wondering like what would happen if the other one did and so on and so forth. They, ca they eventually capture the queen. They get her and take her back to the lab. And uh, Chris Pratt's daughter is actually, uh, she's keeping her, uh, what do you call it, sedated. And she's giving her like 180 milligram milligrams of hydro, hydro coat, coat, core foam. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. But anyway, she's giving her drugs. Okay, damn it. She's giving her drugs every hour. And it's a, it's a shit ton of drugs she's got to give her every hour. If not, this thing's going to wake up and go berserk on everybody. They've got her chained up. And uh, so everything's quiet. They're, they're, taking, they're taking samples from her and doing what they need to do. They're working together. We start to see that bond form. Now, it's during this whole kind of like little bit of, you know, fill in the gap type portion of the film that we come to realize they have this conversation and she tells him that he died in a hospital he died uh from a car wreck she says that him and mom ended up separating when she was 12 uh they were divorced by age 14 and he died on her six uh some you know after she had turned 16 so you know this is very emotional for her <clears throat> and it's quite understandable but he keeps telling her you know hey i would never leave i would never leave you guys i would never leave you i would never leave your mom and of course she doesn't believe him because she's already experienced it now here's my theory now follow along now, when time travel occurs, we know that there is usually more than one timeline. Because if you think about it, one timeline has already had to occur because the people from the future could not have traveled to the past. This is not a time loop of anything. It's just a timeline that is occurring. So this timeline, those people from the future have traveled back to their past, their own past, to recruit these people to bring them to the future. Correct? So, with that being said, in the original timeline for this story, that is what occurs. But because this is the first time that Chris Pratt had experienced time travel and traveling to the future and meeting his future daughter and learning all this stuff that happens, it's not until that point that he realizes, you know, things change. And it's kind of, this is, this is what happens with time travel because now he knows the mistakes he's made in the original timeline. He can correct them, right? And that's the way I look at things because I'm like, well, now he knows everything. It can, it can all change. They finally, to this point, they finally come up with the correct combination of biological matter, whatever it is they need, the correct solution to uh, dispose of these creatures. And of course, I guess at some point along the way, the daughter who was giving the, the queen, 
that was giving her the sedating her and keeping her sedated has completely forgotten about doing so <laughs> and oh she wakes up and it's like just a few seconds after they realize that they have create they found the right one that they find found the right combination of things to destroy these creatures with right so and of course perfect timing the queen wakes up before she makes her makes it known to those in the room that she's actually awake she's kind of like listening into their conversation about the you know this tube this vial of stuff and what it's for and they actually have a name because i guess it's all alphabetical alphabet numbers that they use to keep track of uh, each test that they did so i think I think in actuality the number the letter and the number that correspond together for this particular formula was R7 and with that they she hears this now all of a sudden she wakes up she's pissed off she's you know she's rocking and rolling trying to break out she does and once she breaks out she begins to like a like a, a cry you know a cry for help which alerts others uh, they are on this rig where the time jump is and time uh, Chris Pratt's character's time is actually running out it's running very short and this on this day that all this is occurring this is his last day he only has like you know a few minutes left before he jumps back to the past now we see that they are on the run from the queen we see that the rig that they're on that these creatures have made their way into the water they have surrounded the rig and they are all piling up all over they're attacking the rig i mean because you have the rig in the middle and then you have like this outer band of armor where you have people on helicopters and 50 cal guns and so on and so forth and these creatures are just overrunning this place and just tearing it apart, killing people left and right. And Chris Pratt and his daughter are doing what they need to do to try and survive because all they have to do, here's the thing, because they don't have the supplies, they don't have the means to mass produce this formula in the future. His daughter has given it to him. This is what she needs him to do it is up to him he has to take this stuff back to the past let them know about it mass produce it and then they can kill off these creatures you know when it happens it's a fight for survival until he jumps until he jumps back to the past again and we get one of the most beautiful shots here because he's trying to save his daughter his daughter actually ends up getting hurt i think she gets a, a spike that they shoot out of the tentacles i think she gets one straight into her stomach uh of course she's bleeding out he his his thought was what i'm going to do i need you to survive because what his plan is, I'm going back. Once I jump back, I'm getting this, giving this stuff to these people. And then I'm coming back and I'm going to save you. That's what his whole plan was. And of course, with these monsters and creatures taking over, things aren't going according to plan. And we see that 
it, they're just overrunning the place so much and they're barely hanging on it's just a matter of it's like painting yourself into a corner you know the closer and closer you get into the corner you know you're running out of room and that's exactly what's occurring here and the there's so many creatures it's just unbelievable and we finally see that so she's out on this catwalk uh there's one creature because you think oh my god chris pratt's character is about to get you know he's about to get axed and then his daughter steps in and she's firing upon this creature and the next thing you know because she's out on the catwalk on a catwalk on this rig the the catwalk breaks and it kind of hinges down and she ends up falling the creature is at the bottom hanging from the bottom so it's at a slant it's at a very steep angle and we see the creature hanging there his daughter is he's reached out to her at this point he's caught her by the hand and so they're they're locked in hands he's trying to save her the creature is trying to get to her and it's at this point she realizes what she has to do is that i've got to let her she's got to let herself go so that he can get back to the past and in another breathtaking just uh, drop of the jaw moment what ends up happening is at the bottom in the middle of this rig there are so many creatures they're just piling on top of one another on one another on one another it's just a mass this huge mass and it's like they're building up in the center trying to get upward the creature that is hanging on the end of the catwalk falls the daughter lets go she falls so in slow motion this it's a very beautiful shot it really is so from the outside looking at this scene we get this massive monsters at the bottom we get the monster hanging from the catwalk falling we get the daughter falling and then chris pratt actually i don't know what he thought he was going to do i really i, I don't know I don't know if he was actually planning on maybe if he could grab a hold of her then she could jump with him back to the past I don't know what his plan was because it was never really revealed I know he he said he wanted to come back to the future to be able to help her but other than that I don't know what his plan was so she the monster is falling into the mass of other monsters the daughter is falling toward the rest of these monsters and Chris Pratt is you know reached out for his daughter all of them are free falling in this and now of course it's a slow motion shot and it's beautifully done it really is i thought it was a great shot and i said wow it really just took my breath away and it's in that moment his armband beeps and he is transported back to the past when he gets there of course he gives the people the the vial of stuff that they have created and tells them what they must do with it uh him uh, it's gator it's dorian and it's uh it's chris pratt's character uh dan they are all you know seeing that they they've all survived really and uh gator he's a little bit ashamed of himself he said because you know dan chris pratt looks over and he says hey he said you survived he said yeah i hid and he begins to cry so he's very disappointed in himself and so we see that he gets home he's he's back home he sees his daughter he loves on his daughter he loves on his wife he tells sits down and tells his wife everything about everything that occurs everything that his his daughter from the future has told him everything you know just lays it all out and so 
his wife says, well, why can't we, why can't you, because we know about when these aliens came to Earth. They know about, but here's the thing. When they came to Earth, they were completely undetected. They, nobody picked up anything on radar or nothing. Now they showed up in Russia. I think, I think that's when they, where they showed up at. They showed up in Russia now, and that's where they originated from. However, they don't know. Now what he does is Dorian actually has a, uh, he's the type of guy when you first see him, he actually has one of the talons, one of the claws off of one of these creatures strapped to a neck, uh, strapped to a necklace and around his neck. And he wears that throughout the movie. Uh, Chris Pratt has kind of devised the plan. He goes, he's trying to find some more information, you know, like what's going on. And at this point in the movie, I really didn't think this movie was going to continue on. I wasn't keeping track of the time, but I knew that I've, I was having a great time watching it. I really wasn't ready for it to end, and I thought that that money shot, that slow motion free fall into a sea of monsters at the end there, I thought that was it. I thought that was all I was going to get. Boy, was I wrong. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, getting a little excited. Okay, so Dorian, Gator, and Chris Pratt, Dan, they all kind of meet up again, and they're trying to figure out a way that they can stop this before any aliens are actually encountered chris pratt and dorian take dorian's uh talon that he has and takes it to their boy gator who i remember i told you earlier he was a scientist he works somewhere uh i can't remember he works for a lab so they take it over there to his lab he takes a look at it and it comes to find out he said it you know he said oh it's not matter it's ash they find ash in this claw and so like, well, how did Ash get in the claw? So after doing a little digging and so on and so forth, they, <laughs> and there's one kid from his high school class that actually plays a major role here in uh, kind of telling them where to go because the kid is psycho about volcanoes. So long story short, years and 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 years, and years ago, there was a, it was a Chinese uh, volcano that erupted I want to say it was Chinese ash now how the heck they know it was from China I don't know but it was Chinese ash so how does these aliens that appeared in Russia how do they get Chinese volcanic ash under their claws well with the help of this little kid yeah it's a far cry I get all that no I'm not no scientist no I, but it was very well put together okay it was it was a good storyline and in my opinion, I thought it was. Now, given I know it was a far cry and it was a long shot, but it worked out. So what ends up happening is through the help of the kid, through the help of Gator, uh, they come to find out that the aliens were already here, okay? So they kind of do this little pinpointing, okay, well, when did X, Y, and Z happen and where did it occur, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, somehow or another, they end up in the Arctic, was it the Arctic Circle? It was either Russia or the Arctic Circle. I can't remember. Go sue me. <laughs> but anyway, one way or the, the other, they're in a place and it's really cold. They gather up a team. Um, Dorian, Gator, uh, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt's father, J.K. Simmons, Bay. He's in it now. 
because he's actually he's the pilot that actually flew them to where they needed to be they all traveling on uh, snowmobiles and I think they get a couple of other soldiers involved there as well so he has made enough of this serum this this um, this formula to kill these creatures and of course you know at this point it hasn't actually been tested so they don't know the computer says that it has matched and formed a hundred percent that this should be the one but at this point we still don't know so they go looking they go looking and there it's like i said it's a long shot and it's a little bit unbelievable but anyway they find some caverns out here where they're at they they come across a an alien spaceship alien spaceship has crashed landed into earth and they emerged from under the ice and that's where they came from so they were able to go in there and destroy these aliens before they even broke out to the surface of earth but here's the thing uh the queen is actually on this ship and they it's not good it's not good by any means like i said she she's a badass and so she ends up giving them the most trouble of course uh jk simmons uh definitely holds his own because they leave uh pops pop simmons out uh on the outskirts of the ship and gator outside the ship and they tell him if you see anything come outside you got to make sure you kill it you got to make sure you shoot it because uh we can't let it get out if we do it's over with and so we see uh the rest of the crew go inside the ship they come in and of course you're in an alien spaceship and they come to this place where they're like in um, egg sacs almost but they're fully grown if that makes sense so they're fully grown and they're they're like in hibernation almost like they're in these egg sacs or whatever but anyway they're in this fluid and i'm sure it's keeping them warm and toasty and all well kept and all so they each one of them they get like these needles and they go in there and they start stabbing it well when they start stabbing it they realize that you know this stuff just they just start to vibrate real bad and they start to jerk and convulse and da 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 next thing you know it just it just melts away it just eats them eats them alive all right so when that occurs another one on the other side because these these things these pods that they're in they're on both sides of the ship they're everywhere in the ship pretty much so they're on one side so they go to the other side and the next thing you know one of these things wakes up and causes a whole mess uh i think it's like two two of them actually head toward the exit one of them being the queen and of course they don't have enough of this formula to kill all of them on there because they didn't realize how many there were actually on the ship and dorian is the one he hits the he explodes the ship uh when chris pratt gets outside we see that chris pratt uh gator and his father uh chris uh gator and his his dad uh pops bay has they have accidentally let the queen go by and they're trying to they got to go after it that's the bottom line they got to go after it so once they go after it gator that's when the ship explodes ship explodes and chris pratt and pops are after the queen and like i said the queen puts up one hell of a fight and i mean one hell of a fight 
Um, this final fight uh, with these creatures, much like the past 20 minutes, is a far cry and a, a stretch of the imagination. But it's a good one. It's a fun one. Uh, I, I really do believe that. You know, you have to have some movies sometimes that stretch beyond imagination and stretch beyond uh, reasoning and logic. And this is one of those movies. This is a good time at the movies, in my opinion. And I really enjoyed this. Me and my wife sat up watching this thing till about almost 12 o'clock last night. And we actually, we really enjoyed this movie. Uh, and so it's here. We see this final boss battle that we get. And, you know, you get to see uh, J.K. Simmons using a, a sniper rifle trying to take him out. We see that Chris Pratt stabs the queen in one of her, I guess her legs, stabs her in one of the legs. And when this occurs, she actually takes it upon herself to gnaw it off up at the shoulder before this freaking stuff can spread to the rest of her body and rips off her own leg. And sure enough, that stops it, which is not good for the rest of our crew. So we see that. We see, you think uh, Pops Bay Simmons is about to get eaten alive and... Here we get Chris Pratt going airborne in a snowmobile to take this creature out. Long story short, it's a great final boss battle. Uh, at one point, he's even riding on the back of this creature. He stabs her. Uh, he actually even sticks it down her throat. Uh, that's I think that's the final one. He actually sticks it down her throat and and kills her. But here's one thing. he She actually bit down on his arm at one point during this fight and i could i was waiting on his arm to be ripped off never happened a matter of fact he wasn't even bleeding from the arm i was like okay i thought his arm where's his arm oh oh it's, oh it's still there oh okay well i i didn't know so we see a second time where he sticks his hand down her throat and uh punches this stuff home and of course that that does it no more creatures which saves future the future war the war never happened now in this new timeline so it was a good movie it was a great movie i love this movie this is really good this is this in my opinion in my opinion it has a a, a good bit of rewatchability um i know this isn't spooky i know this isn't paranormal however you have these demonic like creatures that look like hellhounds with really sharp teeth and it's a little bit of sci-fi thrown in and uh I really enjoyed it. The wife, who does not go for sci-fi at all, she will not sit down and watch a Star Wars movie. She loved this movie. She loved this movie. I, like I said, this was a great time. Uh, I can't really find any fault with some things except there at the end. And I'll be honest with you, I almost feel like the end of it was maybe like tacked on. And what I mean by that, like, this is not the original ending for this movie. That's the way I feel about it. I feel like this was sent back to the studio for a reshoot, almost. Like, okay, this is our original ending. Uh, here we are, you know, we see the daughter and we see uh, Chris Pratt falling after her into a sea of creatures. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen. He's going to get sent home. He's going to tell the people in the past, uh, his present day, that they need to mass manufacture this formula to, to beat these creatures. And so, that yeah, yeah, that, that, that'll stop the war. So that'll be it. No, no, not good enough. So this is what we got. We got Chris Pratt 
uh, using a snowmobile as a weapon. We've got uh, we got Bay Simmons in there. And uh, speaking of J.K. Simmons, if you I, look, I understand some of the movies he's played in, but I'm gonna tell you right now, my favorite role he's ever played in, Whiplash. If you have never seen Whiplash, go watch that movie. Go watch that movie. Bay Simmons and Miles Teller. I was freaking blown away. That was an awesome movie. One of my favorites still today. Second favorite? Nope, not Spider-Man, but actually The Gift with Kate Blanchett in it. Uh, go watch that. He plays the sheriff. Go watch it. Good movie. But anyway, uh, that's my take on the movie. Uh, go watch it. Go check it out. If you have Amazon Prime, I definitely, I highly recommend it. I really did enjoy this movie. Uh, I don't care what others have said. I don't care what you may have heard because... Uh, I did a little research before starting the recording of this episode, and uh, I see that, you know, in the media, they're kind of bad, bad mouth on this movie, and I completely disagree, and like I said, I don't, that's why I don't go by the numbers, watch the movie yourself, but, uh, you know, that's just like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I know those movies get a lot of slack, but like the first three of them are really good movies, I mean, it's uh, adventure movies, yeah, there's a lot of things that, uh, don't necessarily add up but on the same hand uh they're good movies they're good ad action adventure movies which is exactly what this is so i i cannot I, I definitely recommend this one go watch it go check it out all right guys that's gonna do it this is the fourth of july episode for the southern specter friday flicks so this is a freebie enjoy it i hope you enjoyed it and uh join me next week i will actually be talking about fear street 1994 which is the first of the fear street trilogy i had the pleasure of watching that yesterday as well so you'll be getting that next friday so happy fourth of july to each and every one of you go out go celebrate enjoy yourself enjoy your weekend and until next time take care and take care of each other mm -hmm.